and welcome to Ending Physician Overwhelm. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Mello. I'm a family and obesity medicine physician, as well as a certified life coach for physicians. In this podcast, we talk about how the learned habits of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and a lack of boundaries show up in our lives and how they contribute to burnout, exhaustion, and overwhelm. The healthcare system is broken, my friends, but let's not wait for it to be fixed in order to feel better. Well, hello, my friends, and thank you for tuning in this week. It is a pleasure, as always, to be here talking with you, and let's go ahead and get started. So today, we are going to be continuing on the theme for this month, which is um, habit change. And so we're going to be talking about a practical way to start making changes in your habits right now. And um, I'm going to throw out some uh, basic instructions as we are working today. This is kind of a a working podcast, if you will. And uh, there's a couple of different options. So if you are tuning in and you're driving right now, or you're out on a walk or a run and you can't put pen to paper, but I just want you to go ahead and listen, but plan to bookmark this episode and come back to it at a time where you can sit down and really do the work um, because you'll get so much more out of it to do that. Um, If you are able to grab, uh, you know, pen and paper and even some sticky notes or index cards, that will really help you with doing this work here today. And if you're someone who is more visually inclined, um, I'm actually creating this as a YouTube video as well. And I'll be posting it. uh, There'll be a link in the show notes, which you can check uh, when we're done watching or listening. Um, So you'll be able to actually see me use the tool um, and demonstrate it for you. Uh, geeking out with all my uh, my fun office supplies. There we go. That's who I am. So uh, let's go ahead and get started. Last week, we did a deep dive on the idea from this book that our emotions drive our habits. Um, and that comes from BJ Fogg's book, Tiny Habits. And today we're going to be talking about one of his central tools, um, which are the three steps of behavior design. Um, So we're going to go through each of the steps We're, like I said, we're going to be doing the work as we move along. And so let's get going. Uh, Step one, clarifying the aspiration. Step two, explore behavior options. Step three, match with specific behaviors. Now, it's not critical that you write those uh, step titles down. Uh, It's more important that you're actually doing the work as we go along. So we will start, of course, with step one, clarify the aspiration. And before I explain it any further, I want you to write down a few things that you want for yourself. And specifically, I don't mean items that you want, but more goals, outcomes, ways that you want to feel, results. Write those down. And then once you've written a few down, I want you to pick one that you're going to work on today. And it can be anything that resonates with you. Um, It can be very, very simple and small, but something that you are wanting for yourself um, and something that will, you know, something that is perhaps been a challenge for you to achieve so far. Once you've picked what you're going to work on today, we're going to drill down even further. And I want to have us be really clear on what it is that we actually want and to know that sometimes it takes a few tries for us to get it right. 
So the aspiration really should be something that you desire. And often what we first write down isn't exactly yet what we want. Sometimes we have to ask what else, what else? Um, he shares the example that our initial aspiration might be to lose weight. Um, and so we write down lose weight. Uh, but what we really want is for our favorite jeans to be fitting more comfortably or to be able to run a 5K or to control our diabetes, right? If we drill down a little bit further, we can get a little bit more clear on what is the actual thing that we want. Um, another example would be um, if I want, if I wrote down sleep better, right? My guess is probably that aspiration is ultimately that I want to feel more rested, right? So instead of sleep better, I'm going to actually write down feel rested. So once you have gone through and you've checked with yourself, and this really seems to be the aspiration that you're ready to work on, we move on to step two. Step two is about exploring behavior options. So we're going to be listing all the different behaviors that you could do that would contribute to achieving the aspiration. And we're going to do a little bit of drawing here. So again, uh, there's a link uh, in the show notes to a YouTube video that I've created for you where I will show you these tools. Um, BJ uh, has a little drawing in the book um, that he calls the swarm of behaviors activity. And so what we're going to do to create this is I want you to draw a horizontal line um, somewhere in the middle of the page, and I want you to draw a cloud around it. And then all around the cloud, you have your choice. You can draw at least 10 lines where you'll be able to write down some behaviors. Or if you have index cards or sticky notes, um, then you can simply write the behaviors on those. And that will also help us uh, in the next step to be able to uh, use those. But whatever you've got is what you're going to use. And so if you're writing lines that you're going to write behaviors on, go ahead and label each line A, B, C, D, et cetera, so that each line has a letter. And here's where we brainstorm. I want you to think of all the different behaviors that you could choose to do that would bring you closer to achieving the aspiration. So if we wrote down feel rested in the middle, then the behaviors would be things that might help us to feel rested. So it might be stuff like, I'm going to go to bed an hour earlier. I'm going to put my phone on silent at 8 p.m. Uh, I'm not going to listen to the news on the way home. All of the things that we can think of. And I want you to do at least 10, um, even if some of them sound ridiculous, even if some of them sound so small and inconsequential that it seems silly, or you're not sure if you can make yourself do those things, or you've never tried that before, you've tried it and it's failed. I want you to just go ahead and get it out of your brain and down on the paper. Um, and like I said, we want at least 10 ideas, but you can keep going if you've got 10 already. Um, this is not the stage where we're editing or judging or making any decision. We are just creating ideas here. And once you've done that, then we're going to move on to step three, which is matching specific behaviors. And <laughs> this is one where we're going to ruffle our perfectionist, driven, hardworking feathers. Remember when you were in training and you had to do things that were hard to get yourself to do, 
such as studying late at night when friends were out having fun. Um, or, you know, you might find yourself struggling now where you're trying to get, uh, you know, your work done, but uh, maybe you've got 12 patient notes to close. Um, but suddenly you decide that it's really important that you have to organize the junk drawer, really, really important that you get that done right now. Um, and then you beat yourself up for not having done the original thing, which is getting your notes closed. Um, we aren't going to do that here. We aren't going to get it hard on ourselves. We're not going to pick things that aren't going to help us uh, move towards the aspiration. We're going to really focus in. Um, and the way that we do that is this step called focus mapping. So what we're going to do is to make a big square on our page. You might need a new piece of paper for this one. And I want you to divide that square up into four quadrants. And up at the top, in the middle, you're going to write high impact behaviors. And down at the bottom, in the middle, you're going to write low impact behaviors. On the far right, in the middle, you're going to write um, yes, I can easily get myself to do this. You could just write yes. And on the far left in the middle, you're going to write, nope, can't get myself to do this, right? Or just write no. What we do next is the hard part because it requires us to be really honest with ourselves. And that's not always something that we enjoy doing. But as we do this, I want us to keep in mind that we are trying to find a new way to change our habits and ultimately a way that requires much less hardness on ourselves and much less, uh, you know, sort of pointless, futile behaviors. We really want to focus in on what is going to help us. And so even if you're feeling Ugh, like I don't want to do this, stick with it. So let's go back to the swarm of behaviors um, and you've got, you know, your lines or you've got your sticky notes or your index cards. Um, and if you've got lines written down, each one should have a letter. And I want you to start to move them onto this grid. So for behavior A, which might say, go to bed an hour earlier, I want you to start by asking, if I do this behavior, does it have a high impact on getting me to my aspiration of feeling rested? Or does it have a low impact or somewhere in the middle? So we're first going to work on that y-axis, right? And figure out, um, uh, you know, where it is in terms of high impact, low impact, or medium impact on getting us to our goal. And then the second question is, how easy is it for me to actually do this behavior? And that's where we're going to move it along the y-axis. So it might be that, yeah, that's a behavior that's pretty easy for me to do. I, you know, I like doing that behavior. Or it might be, nope, I've never been able to do that behavior. I have tried and I've, you know, failed miserably before. It's really hard for me to get myself to do that. And we're going to go through this with each of the behaviors, plotting out, you know, what, how much impact the behavior has on moving us forward and how easy for it, you know, easy for us is it to get ourselves to do the behavior? And, you know, when I first saw this, uh, saw this tool and saw how, you know, kind of easy and simple it was, my immediate reaction was that, oh man, people are going to hate this part because we are so used to doing things the hard way. 
And many of us have, you know, of course, tried to have new behaviors and we fail at it. And then we give up and we say it's too hard. We're too busy. We've got too much else going on in our lives. And we just move on. Although we sort of carry with us, you know, this negativity and this sense of dread when it comes to thinking about changing our behaviors. Here again, we aren't doing that. So take a deep breath, shake it out. We are going to answer the question, how easy is it for me to do this thing? So let's say your aspiration has something to do with better health. And one of the behaviors you wrote down is eat kale um, because you were just brainstorming and you know that kale is healthy for you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You you wrote it down because people tell you to eat more kale all the time. What if you hate kale? You've tried it before a million times. You've cooked it different ways or not cooked it. You just think it's terrible. Then it's going to go all the way on the left-hand side of the grid because it's hard to make yourself eat food that you don't like eating, at least for most of us. (laughs) So maybe kale is healthy. Maybe it would have a high impact. Maybe if you ate kale every day, your health would improve, but you hate it it's still going to be all the way over to the left. So go through each behavior and keep asking yourself these questions, right? What is the impact of this behavior on, you know, getting closer to my aspiration? And how easy or difficult is it for me to get myself to do the thing that I've, you know, written down? So we should have at least 10 um, and again, you know, here, if you're using sticky notes or index cards, you, you have a little bit more freedom to kind of move your grids around. Um, if you are just using letters, that's fine. Uh, you know, feel free to cross things out and move them as you are doing this activity and you get a little bit more clear and honest with yourself, right? But basically, we want to end up with all of the things that you wrote down plotted here somewhere, right? Um, what is the impact on on, you know, moving you towards your aspiration and how easy or not easy is it for you to get yourself to do. And then once you're done, you've magically got this right upper quadrant. Um, And Fogg calls this the golden behavior. This right upper quadrant is where we've got our high impact behaviors, things that move the needle in bringing us closer to our aspiration. And it's easy for us to get ourselves to do them. So this is where, you know, the behavior design, I think, you know, really nails it in a way that, you know, most of us were trained does not, right? When we do motivational interviewing, we have components of this that we use with our patients, right? Of like, you know, how confident do you think we are that we can make this change and all this sort of thing. But here we're actually specifically picking the things that we can more easily get ourselves to do rather than, um, you know, deciding that we need to do, you know, X behavior, we need to find ways to make it easier for ourselves. So there's a, there's a, there's a big difference here. And let me, let me say it a different way. So behavior science, um, you know, which is, is not always the thing that we are used to following the medicine, you know, behavior science, I would, say would really kind of blow up, you know, if they saw how medical training was conducted, but um, behavior science shows us that when tasks have a high likelihood of moving the needle towards our aspiration, and it's relatively easy for us to do them, we will have a better outcome. 
higher chance of success with meeting the goal. So wrap your brain around that one. If you are part of my audience, listening to me talk, you know, each week about different facets of burnout and physicians, um, then most likely you have done hard things and you are used to doing hard things. And you probably spent a lot of time doing things both with high impact and low impact, right? Think of all the scut work that you did that didn't really have much impact on training you how to be a physician, but you had to do it anyway. Um, you know, we have experience with all four quadrants of the grid, but here we get to choose high impact and something that's easy for us to get ourselves to do. Some of you listening are going to love this and you're going to latch on right away and be delighted. But because I know many of you personally, I also know that many of you are not liking this idea that you're going to be doing something easy here, that you're picking to do something easy. And I know that like is not quite the right term to use. Um, You know, maybe we should say that you are in disbelief that something that's easy to do could be valuable because you are used to doing things the hard way. You've been good about forcing yourself to do things the hard way, and it works, sort of, especially when you're accountable to other people. But here today, what we're focusing on is you choosing to make a change for yourself, and it's entirely possible that there is no direct benefit for anyone but you. And you may have a history of struggling with making changes that aren't you know, in service of other people. So if this is true for you, just notice that you're feeling some conflict here. If your brain is yelling at you that easy isn't right or isn't okay, the simple act of noticing this is really important because you are uprooting a limiting belief here. When we are uprooting a limiting belief, we can feel a lot of discomfort. But I'm going to point out two things here. One, your discomfort is not a sign that you're doing anything wrong. And two, if you have always done things the hard way and you start giving yourself permission to choose easy here, this does not invalidate your previous experience. In other words, if you've always chosen the hard path before and you are even flirting with the idea of choosing easy here, It doesn't mean that you should have chosen easy before. It simply means that now you have a choice, right? So don't use this as evidence against yourself that you should have chosen the easy route all along. That is not the point here. The point is simply that we are going to have better luck with our habits when we are designing our habits in a different way and choosing things that are easy for us to get started with doing for ourselves. So that was a bit of a tangent, but you know, I have to talk about the hard things. (laughs) When we have completed our focus map and we can see these golden behaviors up here in this right upper quadrant, then we have identified things that we can start doing now that have a potential for high impact and that are easy to get ourselves to do. And let's choose, you know, one or two. Um, It depends on how many you have up here, Um, but one or two things that you wanna go ahead and get started with. Um, And since we're already sitting down and sort of thinking about this, 
Uh, what are we going to do to make these things even easier? How will you help yourself remember to do this new thing? Write it down. Can you make the new step even smaller so that it's really easy to have success? Focusing on the action of being consistent more than focusing on the result that this behavior accomplishes, right? We want to get ourselves into the rhythm of doing the behavior rather than making the behavior perfect. Um, I love the example he gives when he was trying to work on flossing. He sort of made himself an agreement that he would floss one tooth each night until he had a habit of consistently flossing one tooth, right? It sounds too simple. It sounds too easy. And if we're really thinking about it, you know, flossing one tooth is not, um, you know, it's not the goal, right? No one says we should only floss one tooth, but what he was doing was picking a very, a very tiny habit, right? Just as the book says, a very tiny habit that he could get started with to really cement the process of consistently showing up for that behavior so that he could then move forward, right? Um, on a terrible day, uh, you know, if he flosses one tooth, then he has been successful. On a better day, maybe he's going to floss, you know, all of the teeth. Maybe he's going to floss two teeth. Maybe he's going to floss the uppers, you know, and maybe tomorrow it's the lowers. You know, he's again showing up for himself and cementing the process of taking that behavior step rather than focusing on, I have to do this right. I have to do this perfectly right here, right now, or else the behavior is not important, right? And that's something that we do to ourselves all the time, right? If we don't nail it the first time, if we don't consistently follow through with behavior, we often give up in frustration and then, you know, we sort of beat ourselves up about it. Here, the goal is really to start with something small, to show up for ourselves consistently, and then we can build on the habit. Okay. So how can we make this easy and simple and straightforward to do? Can we make this, the steps that you've written down even smaller so that it's really easy to have success? Does it make sense to track yourself in some way or set a reminder for yourself? Um, he also talks about coupling behaviors. So, um, you know, if you know what would be a good time of day to do this behavior, is there another behavior that you already do that would be easy to couple it with? So, for example, you know, with flossing a tooth, you know, he's going to tie that probably to something that he already does, which is consistently brushing his teeth in the morning, right? If brushing his teeth in the morning is something that he always does, then the simple act of flossing one tooth is something that he can very easily and logically add on um, so that he's coupling those behaviors. And again, if you want to hear more about that, uh, there are so many habits books out there. You can totally geek out with me, um, but I really want to keep us focused on this small part of it for now. All right, my friends, I do feel like I could go on with this forever, but we are going to stop here for today. If you are listening to this in podcast format and you're on the move, um, but you want to come back to it, you know, again, you'll have the option of either listening to it, or I'll be posting the link to the video in the show notes and you can see, you know, what these tools can look like. Um, if you are watching this and you want to come back to it, you can bookmark it um, and, you know, come back to doing this, you know, each time that you want to work on building new habits from the ground up using effective design tools, again, which for many of us are sort of new things, right? Focusing on things that are high impact, 
and easy for us to do, again, feels a little foreign, a little scary to many of us. Um, and if you want to take it even further, he talks a lot about using positive reinforcement to build our skills. And we know from, you know, the experts who study habit design that these things are more successful than us beating ourselves up, white knuckling our way through change. Uh, we've all been through that route. We know that it works for some things, but it is not a pleasant way to get ourselves to change. And this kind of thinking, this sort of positive aspect of habit change can really make an important difference in making habit changes easier in helping us to be more successful with it. And in really identifying, you know, kind of uh, the habits in their simplest forms and getting us to show up consistently for ourselves in the process. So I do hope that this has been helpful for you. I, of course, would be thrilled if you would pass this on to a friend or a colleague who would benefit from this. Um, and if it's helped you, um, I'd love to hear from you. You can leave a review. You can leave a comment for me. And, you know, let me know that it's helped you so that I know, you know, uh, things that are resonating and helpful and uh, we can keep doing this work together. Thank you as always. And I'll catch you next week. Bye-bye for now. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you as always for listening. To learn more about my coaching programs, head to www.healthierforgood.com. And if you love this podcast, please drop us a review on iTunes or support the show by clicking the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care.